I am Laura McCowan. And I am Holly Whitaker. This is Home Podcast. Hi. Good morning. Hello. <laughs> I love that we say hi, like we haven't already been talking for the past hour. Um, this is so organic. It is so organic. We're going to talk about Very natural and authentic. Unplanned. Um, it's unplanned. Let's not it is unplanned, actually. I have no idea <laughs> what we're going to talk about. Uh, anyway, um, so. You know, we're not going to talk about the weather. We're not going to talk about the weather. Um, yeah, no, so today we're actually, well, before we get into it, let's just say hi. Hey. You just went to Whole Foods and you just spent $200. Oh, yeah. And you bought a shirt. I did. It was 30% off. Oh. I do. I love Whole Foods clothes. Um, basically, my whole wardrobe is migrating towards pajamas. And, <laughs> and Whole Foods clothes greatly resemble pajamas. So oh, That's really I funny. I don't feel bad about it. No, I yes. have spent, uh, the, all of my money has been spent, like I would say 90% of my clothing investment over the last two years has been spent at American Apparel. I have bought leggings, leg warmers. Um, knee-high socks, thigh-high socks, um, lots of t-shirts, sweatshirts, um, swear by my, yeah. my underwear now. It's like basically everything that I own is the same. It's, it's basically when I'm out shopping, I'm like, what will it feel like when I'm reading? What do I want to, yeah. how do I want to feel when I'm reading? What do I want to wear when I'm in bed? See, I don't When even, I'm in my apartment. Yeah. You don't, I don't even have an American apparel around me and I feel like that's, that totally fits you. It does not fit me. Well, I actually, it's pretty generic. It kind of fits anybody. But um, anyway. No, it's like hipster generic. I wouldn't say that. I don't identify as a hipster either. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm eclectic. Oh, yes, you do. You're, but you're no. not even I'm eclectic. I don't, like, no, hipster is not a good thing. It's just, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but I'm just, I'm not a hipster. Anything that's good about hipster is you. There's nothing bad hipstery. Okay, is. I'll take that. Um, so, okay, now that we've discussed clothing. Um, so, yeah, so today we're actually going to just do a catch-up session because we're exhausted and because we've done a lot of interviews and because we've done a lot of really heavy topics and I just want to talk to Laura and Laura, I think just wants to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, we're, we wanted to do another check-in. We've done one of these before and it was one of the more fun Mm. episodes and there's a lot going on in both of our lives and it's a chance for us to just talk about that stuff Uh, and it's like free therapy that a thousand people have to listen to yeah (laughs) Yeah. um yeah no and we are gonna cover cover everything but I think I want to talk mostly about the fact that we before we got on the call we realized neither of us know each other's birthdays. <laughs> well, no, you specifically. My birthday is in like it's on Tuesday, and you only know it, I think, because I'm it's getting this month. Yes, it's Tuesday. I'm getting a tattoo, and the only reason it's come up is because I'm getting a tattoo on Tuesday, and so this Tuesday, and Laura knows that, and so you asked me 
um, when my birthday was, and I was just like, I don't even know what month you were born in. And and this is why this is why I I love that you don't know my birthday because I will never remember yours. You'll tell me so many times, and I'm gonna even if I know it and I have it on my calendar, I'll totally forget to call you. I'm just birthday averse. I don't know why. It's not that I don't celebrate life or celebrate, um, but you, or think it's a big deal. It's just um, ugh. It exhausts me to think of, of calling everyone on their birthdays. And so. No, I'm just bad at it. I don't, I know, I know the import, important ones. That's terrible. Cause I don't <laughs> you don't know, know mine, fucker. <laughs> I know my mom's. I know my best friend, Annalie. Um, like, I don't know why hers is so important, but I, I don't forget hers. Well, I think um, people you grew up I with. lived with her for five years. Right. And um, I know my mom's, and I know my sister's. I still don't know my dad's. Um, that's okay. You don't know your dad's birthday? It's either September 7th or September 8th. And wow. most of my life has been spent in hell over not being able to figure out which one it is. Um, oh, my God. No wonder. No wonder you don't want to remember birthdays. That's amazing. Yeah. No, but, I mean, it's just, I and I also don't, like, I hate, like, I don't, hate getting attention on my birthday but I kind of do because all I'm sitting there thinking is I didn't remember your birthday and I didn't remember your birthday yeah. and I didn't remember your birthday don't get me anything um right. anyway well we can take comfort in the fact that I will never we'll never be offended if we don't hear from each other on our birthdays never no I don't expect it uh, but I am excited about your tattoo and that is the only reason I asked I'm so excited about that tattoo uh anyway so, um, yeah. So anyway, so, oh. wait, what are we talking? Okay, so we're talking about, we're checking in on four distinct areas in our lives. We're checking in on work, love, home, and sobriety. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. Let's, let's do, uh, let's do home first. Okay. Unless uh, you go first, because you have. Because I'm sitting in a home that's full of boxes, um, and yeah, I move on on January 27th um, to LA. I rented an apartment already, um, and it's fantastic. It's beautiful, and it's big, and it's cheaper, and there's parking, and it's in the arts district, and it's near like just really cool shit. Um, and it also feels like it's funny. I went, I checked out a place in in I never say it right, Los Feliz, and uh, like West Hollywoodish. And I was like, that was, I was certain at first it was Santa Monica. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I want to live kind of closer to where it's happening. And then I went to where it was happening and I was like, this is not happening. Um, yeah. and I checked out for, it was like 2,300 bucks. It was a ground floor apartment. There were bars on the windows. My view was a parking lot. And my sister was like, this is so nice. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I've lived in a high rise for a while. And like, I have views of like the San Francisco skyline in my apartment, which is like, I mean, it's not that I pay a ton, but I I have a shoebox. but view is important and feeling high is important. There's other things that are important. And so, um, we literally, like we set out the same day. It was like the day after Christmas, my, um, best friend, my, one of my closest male friends got engaged and I didn't know about it until I found out from Facebook and the boy had kind of been dating, didn't text me on Christmas. And so it was the day after Christmas and I was just like, I don't know. I mean, you know, some people like go through very painful emotions and they, you know, drink or, you know, and I go and I was like, I'm running an apartment today. It was just this like, (laughs) (laughs) so I went and so I went and like I was on a mission we went and saw this one place in this one community I was like nope and I said I want to live 
in a place that feels right. And my sister, we just started kind of like instinctively driving towards downtown. She went on her phone. She looked up lofts. And, um, so you were like driving, you were driving in the car while she was looking. Yeah. She said, I said, I want to live in a loft and I'd been considering cause my mom's going to be down there a bit. And I'd been considering, I wanted a place my mom to feel, for my mom to feel comfortable. And this is really like jaded what I've been looking for. And I was like, in my dream, it's a loft and it's got big windows and it's in a shitty part of town or at least a sketchy, like it's, there's some like bit of realness about it. Cause I like living where I live because I like actually being, um, like close to like a large homeless population because yeah. it's just very, um, it's very reinforcing. It's very reinforcing to go out of my house every day and just actually see, um, the very, very big juxtaposition of people on their way to work and dressed in fancy clothes totally. and people begging and people being passed by. It's just, um, it keeps my heart open. And so, um, and it feels normal now. And so we drove down and there was like, you know, dudes pushing shopping carts across the streets and there was like hipster bookstores and I was like feeling it. And then, um, we found this place and we talked to the guy and he was like, not show- it was day after Christmas. He wasn't showing lofts. And I was like, tell him, my sister's on the phone. I'm like, tell him I'm serious. Tell him I'll pay today. Tell him I can, I'll sign a lease today. Tell him I'll pay whatever. And she's like, and then he made an exception. And then I went in and like basically sight unseen. I saw one apartment. I haven't seen the apartment I'm actually moving into, but he was like, he was like telling me like, um, we saw this one apartment had wooden floors and he was like telling me like, Oh, the one that you have is actually on the street. The one that you have is going to have polished cement floors, not wood floors. Ooh. And I was just like laughing. I was like, he was like saying all this stuff. Like it was disappointing. And I was like, try and disappoint me, Victor, try and disappoint yeah. me. Yeah. Pain, <laughs> like pain try to get me not to, to be like a $4,000 apartment in San Francisco. And right. so, um, so yeah, so I basically like took it that day like that. I mean, I was in and out. It took me an hour to find that yeah, apartment. I remember you on the, it was the day after Christmas. I remember you texting me a picture saying I, I live in LA and I had no idea you were even looking at <laughs> Neither did I. To move to LA, but I had no idea you were looking, and so neither did I. I, I just I remember looking at it and going, "This is so not where I, my head is right now." I don't understand what she's doing, but I'm sure we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I was, um, um, I was um, therapy shopping, and instead I got an apartment and decided to move. I'd been like kind of in this like everyone was like, "When are you gonna do it? How are you gonna do it? What like yeah. what's it gonna look like?" And I was just like, "I don't know. I'll know it when I know it." And like just seeing that Facebook post and like being like okay, like my life, like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I staying in San Francisco? Why am I not moving forward? I'm stuck. And so it was just a very like, kind of, you know, like this is, this is it. This is the time I'm ready. And so I went and I did it. And then, yeah, so I move out on January 27th, which I just last night put together is two years from the date that I actually quit my job. So I'm leaving San Francisco two years to the day after I I quit to, to basically start this. So I love that. I know. It's really great. It's like, it's, it's just, it's a nice, it's a nice anniversary. So. Totally. It's a big, um, it's a, that's a big old shift. It is. And it hasn't like, everyone's like, are you excited? And, and I just, I'm like looking, I'm very much on all these things. I don't, I have things to look forward to, but I don't spend too much time looking forward. I pretty much yeah. am here right now and then I'll be there and right. you know, and yeah. Well, and I think that's, you're, you're ready. So it's, yeah, 
you know, you're ready. I have been walking around with, like, I mean, I love this city. I just do. It's, it's, I've been here for almost 10 years. It's mm-hmm. been the place. The other night I was out with a girlfriend and I was, um, well, no, I was making reservations on open table. It was so crazy. I hadn't been on open table since I stopped drinking, not once. And I used to live on uh-huh. open table. I used to spend my, like, I, I had a lot of friends in the restaurant, um, business and I and I had a lot of friends that liked restaurants and I spent a lot of money on food out like my budget for food out and drinks out was about $900 a month that's how much I budgeted and I always blew it (laughs) and um I ate out fancy all the time and um I went and I was making reservations to meet to discuss with somebody uh one of my friends who's a therapist who's who's going to be working with me um, in hip sobriety school and I was making reservations for us and I was like, oh, he's open table. And I went in and I looked at my history because I was trying to think of a place to go because I couldn't think of a good restaurant. Yeah, because you don't know. I don't go anymore. anymore. And it was just this roll call of my life of like where I had been and what I had done. And and I was out on Friday night at yoga telling one of my girlfriends and it's just, it was very, very surreal to be, to kind of look through that, and it was it really put me back into thinking what my life looked like before. I mean, my life was spent dressing up, going out, getting drunk, and and like not like you know. I mean, that was just it was, but my life was like it revolved around like fine dining, yeah, and yeah. and being able to say I'd been to all the restaurants, and you know what I mean. It was just a very different life, and um, and I left it so quickly. I mean, I left it so abruptly that sometimes it's really um, it doesn't catch up with me. It doesn't sink in. So. I know what you mean. I totally know what you mean. So yeah, I'm leaving this shit behind. I'm excited. I feel like I'm lighting a match and I'm walking away and that when I come back here, it'll be different. Um, if I, if I do, cause I think at some point I'll end up back, you know, around here. I, life is long. I'm young. Um, yeah. And it's not like you're, you're staying in California and I, you still have connections there. Like I, I don't oh, feel yeah. like you're you're gonna torch it and never go back to San Francisco but I'm burning when I say torch it I mean I'm burning up like I'm burning up her you know like that like I've been in this apartment I've been I've been in specifically I mean it is the apartment that I like basically died in and the place I came back to life in and there was a while where I wasn't sure because I had done so much bad stuff in this apartment I wasn't sure I could change the energy and I did yeah you know what I mean Totally. And I did. Like, I actually brought this apartment back to life, and I brought love into this apartment. And, like, it, you know, forever the wood smelled like smoke, and now the wood doesn't. And forever, you know, the, um, it just, it made me sad, and now it makes me really happy. And, um, and I did that, and now I can kind of, you know, kiss it goodbye and say, I love you, apartment. You were my, like, (laughs) you were my hell and my heaven. And, yeah, I love it. It's a big deal. It's, I love place, like the the meaning behind place, not, you know, sometimes our physical, like where we live, our homes, but just cities and Boston's very much that to me, you know, what San Francisco has been to you. Yeah. I've been here. I don't live in the city anymore, but I was there. I've lived in the city for, t- for 12 years and it was very, you know, lifetimes, like many yeah. lifetimes lived yeah. in the city. Um, so I love it. I love, and it's so weird to me that you're moving to LA because I have no concept of what LA is. I've only been once and it was totally confusing to me. Just so not my speed. Yeah. And, um, but I do know that Mark Marin lives there and I really want <laughs> you to meet him. Well, and I'm going to like, I mean, I'm just go to crash WTF pod. Well, I'm going to crash Anna David's life and, um, mm. stalk her. 
And no, and I have a lot yeah. of friends hey, down yeah, there and I have a lot of connections. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited. My, one of my yoga teachers is down there, Satsiri, um, who works for Mastin Kip. Um, and I have a lot of just connections that I've made a lot. You know, there's, there's a decent Kundalini scene down there. Um, there's also just a, a much, I mean, San Francisco is not healthy. Like we like, you know, fancy $14 cheeseburgers and, yeah. you know, foie gras and mixology. And, and in LA, there's actually, you know, a real true health vibe and a much more vibrant yoga really? scene and wellness scene. Yeah, it's, it's oh. true. It's true. San Francisco's fake healthy. We love yoga, but we also drink after yoga. Right. And like, it's LA is just. I imagine a whole... lots of drugs too. Like, I just think when I think of San Francisco, I think of walking well, on the street and yes. smelling pot. Well, time. tons of pot, but also you know the influx of the tech scene, a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah, of that yeah. money. There's this work hard, play hard. Um, really? But in LA, there's a yeah, people are really work focused here, very work focused. Um, in LA, there's just a much more. I mean, there's a sober scene because of um, you know a lot of people like it's it's an entertainment industry, right? It's yeah. it's dominated by the entertainment industry, and there there is a lot. It's Absolutely. way more socially yes, it's way more socially accepted, and so. Um, you know, there's just, it feels, you know, and obviously like most important, my nephew was born this week and my, my, um, my sister is down there and my, my sister is, you know, she's just a huge part of my, you know, she's one of the more, she's been one of the more difficult relationships in my life, which is good. And we just continue to grow and evolve and I'm excited to be closer to her because I think that will really help us. And then, um, and then my, obviously, I have a 14-year-old niece. I have a three-year-old niece who's born on my birthday, turning three this next Tuesday. And then my brand-new nephew. And so those, um, it's really, I'm not going to have kids of my own. And those kids are really important to me. And so um, so I'm excited to be close to them. And I'll see my mom more. And my cousin is down there. Nice. Yeah, it feels nice. And then it's just, and also it gives me the stability to go and be around my family. And then at the same time, not have to, I'm like, this is how I get out of holidays now is because if I'm around them all the time, then it's okay if I don't come for Christmas. And yeah, I'm on and a you beach. don't have to have it be a big <laughs> thing and days yeah. long and it can be, uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I it's, it's, I think it's going to be perfect and It'll be per- healthy. perfect for right now. And I can't wait to come out. Oh my God. I can't wait for you to come out. Is it for some reason it's much more of a draw to come there to, than to San Francisco? Even though I love San Francisco, I don't know why. I think maybe because I picture LA as actually sunny, and like, right? And there's hills here, and you know, I don't know. Yeah, LA seems more accessible. I know what you mean. Um. So okay, that's way way more than enough about me. Please let's talk about you. What's going on with no, your home life? This is good. We should let life. it unfold as long as it needs to. Um. And it's a big one. I know I have no, I really no uh, update on the home piece, do I? How is your home life? I mean, you've been going to Maine on the weekends, not all the weekends, but you, your ex-husband and you have a cabin up there, or he has a cabin that he's letting you use. Or Yeah, I guess that's an interesting thing that's taken shape over this yeah. winter. It's, re- it's really interesting, actually. Uh, it's my home, my home life is great. I still, you know, I'm still in my same place. I don't really want to ever leave. I had a friend, <laughs> I had a friend come visit yesterday. Um, actually, my sponsor, and she was like, "This is this is gorgeous." Like what? And I said, "I know. I, I never. I really never want to move out." It's beautiful. Um, but 
You live on the ocean. <laughs> I do. It's so weird. So I'm so lucky. But yeah, this winter, my ex-husband got a, he's a big skier and he got a rented a place in Maine uh, with another family that we are both mutual friends with. And we're friends with, we were friends with when we were married and then stayed friends with, you know, individually and mutually, I guess, uh, through separating and divorce. And we're still, we're still all friends. We don't hang out all together, but we each have our different relationships with each other. So he rented a house with them and also enrolled my daughter in uh, ski school, which is every weekend. So the whole, the agreement, you know, was I would take her up on the weekends that I have her. He plans to be there every weekend and he has been. And we would, so we would kind of coexist in the ski house together um, through the whole winter, you know, every other weekend or so. And it started on Thanksgiving. That was the first sort of stretch of time that we spent there with another family, uh, actually a couple other other friends and it was great and it's really been a really nice like I don't know unfolding in our relationship to to be friends and be up there and both be together with our daughter and she loves that of course and it's the house is amazing I mean that's another just great aspect of it is Maine and Maine is is there something so special about it I always tell you that when I'm up there and after I've come back there's just something special about it and I I always feel like I'm <laughs> channeling Stephen King when I'm up there because that's where he lives and uh I write I can write up there and uh it's just been a it's been a really neat thing and my daughter's enjoyed it so much and got her into skiing and yeah I don't know. It's a, it's a huge deal. Like when I was, I mean, I know how important it is to have your parents if they're divorced. And I know you know this too. Like this, that coexisting is, it's just delicious. You know, it took so long for my parents to, um, there were, and it wasn't that great, but there were just those moments when we were just all together. It was like a relief, you know, total relief. And Yes, yes, a total relief. And so much of my anxiety, I was speaking at a meeting this morning and this came up. There's so much of my anxiety as a kid was around trying to make sure that my mom and my dad were okay in, individually. And when they were together, there was this you know, tension, right? That's and so funny because of what happened this week, which we won't talk I about. <laughs> no, we won't talk about that. But I play that role very I mean that is a role that I have just that is so burned into who I am to be that middle person and to when I sense that tension to to jump in and overcompensate you know and it's not on the Enneagram are you that one that like the peacemaker I don't know I've never done that Mm, it'd be interesting my mom is like that she can't can't take it can't take it can't take it it completely burns me out like almost immediately and I don't I'm I'm more I'm way more comfortable with it now but oh my god I immediately you know we were in a conversation this week where it flipped right to that and it was I was shaking and you know like 
buzzing from the inside. It's so, it's so interesting. So yeah, going back to just my daughter, it's so, I love that I can hopefully take that pressure off of her and just not have that be a part of her, of her, you know, childhood with, with her and my dad, me and her dad. And so that's been really wonderful. It's been, it's been a, like a really, um, how do I say it? It's been a healing kind of winter for that in, in that regard with our relationship and and we I feel like have become friends, better friends, you know? Yeah. Because of that house. I think it's wonderful. It could have gone. I love Ryan. I don't know him, but I love I know. Him so you much. always say I can't that. wait to meet him. <laughs> Uh, mm. He's hard not to love. There's really nothing about him, you know. That, yeah. That's, he's a good guy. So, anyway. Okay, so that's my home. Home status. What did we want to do next? I don't know. I can't. I, I want to do love because you have, you have updates on all fronts. Your life is, like, exploding on all four of these areas. And it's funny because my life does not feel like it's exploding for once. Not exploding. I mean, it's, no, it's but like, I know, but but it's the right term to use. I mean, there's a lot going on in each, but actually I feel very good, very grounded. I feel better than I've ever felt. <laughs> right. It's not like vaporizing, exploding <clears throat> nuclear. It's just energy in all those areas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we can do love. I, I'm a little nervous now because um, I don't know what to talk about. I actually wrote about it the first time this morning. I've been trying to write about, I've been trying to write about it for a really long time. Like actually since you and I did our podcast, um, on dating, a lot happened right around that point, like right, starting to brew right before it. And then has, has really just kind of carried through and, um, didn't we do that one in, when you were in Rome? July, we, no, August. Yeah. We did it when I was in Rome. So it was right around the time that stuff happened with Luca and it happened, um, yeah, so it's like, I, you know, my dating life is, it's interesting. Like I, I'm writing about it right now because I need to write about it because it's so important. You know, it's so important to see through the lens of, uh, uh, that I have now, um, and to see the growth and also to actually witness just to witness um, the evolution that's happening. And I guess one of the biggest things that surprises me the most is that through all of this really hard, icky stuff, um, I actually am, I, I went and I saw my therapist. I started to see the same therapist I had seen way. Um, and I think I talked about this last time we did our check-in and I just t talked her through some of how I process man stuff and, and, and what I, the kind of man I attract in and what I do. And I, you know, I, on some level, I was concerned I was sociopathic. I don't know if I explained that, but like there is, you know, but we got to this point of where she was talking about it and, you know, and I work with a psychic, like a clairvoyant that he doesn't, you know, use a crystal ball or look into my future. We just kind of, we talk about, you know, let's go, what I'm processing and, um, 
both of them at the same time said that there was just this like huge, 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 huge dark place that um, I was protecting and that anytime it got crossed, I, I basically would just lash the fuck out and not like meaning I would say things, but like there is a place in me that's so guarded that I just can't even go there. It's so, there's so much hurt piled on hurt, piled on hurt um, you know, and stemming from stuff that happened when, when, uh, with my dad, um, that it just really like is, it's a place I wasn't even going to try. I kind of made, she and I came to the conclusion, I don't have enough energy to focus on going that deep right now. There's just no way that I can go in and pull all that stuff out. I'm leaving it there. And what's funny though, is that I keep on trying to date. And even though I'm just like, I can't go there, I keep on going out on dates. And so, um, so anyway, like I, you know, I'll write about this, but it's, it's just for, it's interesting. So I'll just give this one tidbit, which is that last night I was, I, you know, met a guy through the internet. It's like the only way you can fucking meet a guy. And (laughs) we actually like, it was sweet and cute and fast. And we had a conversation. Yes. Two days, whatever, Friday, um, you know, we talked on the phone. Oh, you he, did? I didn't know you talked on the phone. Yeah. He was that ta- makes it, that makes his, his behavior even crazier. Behavior even worse. What a douche. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, That's guys. That's okay. If you're listening. No, he's a douche. Um, he, yeah, we talked on the phone, decided to meet. We live very close to each other. Decided to meet. Um, you know, he checked in with me yesterday we, you know, I, you know, he said four, I said four thirty, four thirty. I show up at the place and I just knew it. Like when you got there, you had a feeling this, he wasn't showing. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't, I texted him. I was like, I'm here. And then, and then well, and this is how awesome it is. At like 1115 at night, he texts me shit. One word. One word. Shit. Um, <laughs> the fuck anyway no but here's like what's really cool about it it just didn't it made me smile I just it was one of those moments where my self-worth has been so tied up in what men think of me even men I don't like okay and let's be clear on this like I was not that in no I don't like most of them I've liked the last the guy I dated in December I liked him I really liked him he's probably the only one you know Justin I did not like I, I I liked fucking him and like you know Luca whatever you know but like this guy in December I liked and that was hard but like for the most part I don't like these dudes I don't like these dudes but my self-worth gets so tied up in the rejection point from them and um and the funny thing that happened with this last night was I just like took a breath and I knew he wasn't coming you know and like 10 minutes after I sent him that text I waited in the park for 10 minutes I watched it you know father and and a mother play with their kid and I, you know, and I just kind of was like, I don't even remember what I was thinking, but it wasn't bad stuff. And, and the, the thing that was really clear to me was just, that was like the, the voice in my head said, this has nothing to do with you. You're a reflect, like, this is not a reflection of anything you're not or anything, you know, and, and here's, and like, and not only that, I just looked really cute. I was adorable. I was wearing a great outfit and like, and I've been working out more and my 
my face look, you know, whatever. I just looked, I looked adorable and, and I'm cool and I'm, you know, and like, there's just nothing wrong with me. There's nothing rejectable. Um, and, and I sat there and I was just like, this isn't a me thing. This is a him thing. And, and I don't care, you know, like if anything, like this is just, this is just like the thing that was just very overwhelming was like, you you I get it God like I totally get it you know just keep going and this all this stuff is just like the step and the practice this is the practice and I feel like I've been tossed many many like lessons in the field of men and that this was just another one of those and so I went up I, I went into the cathedral it was like there was a ball I walked down the street I ran into my friend Docky he was on his way to Dave Chappelle and um an usher at the Masonic. And yeah. And I was like, and I was thinking in my mind, I was like, maybe he has an extra ticket and this is why no, but he didn't. And he was just like, an usher. Hold on. I didn't, I didn't get it. I couldn't process it either. Um, but he was just sitting there and I told him what happened and he was like, Oh my baby. And like, he was like hugging me and kissing me. And I was like, it's so, I don't, I was just like, I don't need this. I'm like, that's not, it's not a big deal. Like I'm going to go grocery shopping right now and I'm going to walk in the rain and I'm going to cook a meal for myself. You know what I mean? I was just like, whatever. Well, right before you had gone out, you posted a picture of your bookshelf and <laughs> you were like, why, why do I have to go on a date? Why can't, why can't I, I play with my friends, my books? So no, but, but like the funny, I mean, the whole thing was, then the point of it is, is I was happy and it didn't affect me at all. And if in, in, a, in a negative way at all, and it affected me in a positive way because it just reinforced that my own self-worth does not come from other people. It always comes from me. And so, yeah, so he texted me shit at 11.15, <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not sure if this is an apology, but, you know, and I was just like, it's, you know, whatever it is, it was fine. It just gave me a moment to reflect on what an adorable badass I am, you know, and so that was it, you know. Bye. And... Bye. Yeah, and thank yeah. you. It was, um, I have to say, as your friend uh, who has witnessed, right, many, <laughs> many, uh, well, I've witnessed the past year of, of yeah. the stories that you're talking about and sort of the evolution of this. And I knew you were going on a date, uh, and I texted you around the time that you would have been on it. And just said, "Hey, you know, keep let me keep me updated." And you said, "No, sh you said no show." And I stopped. I was walking to this place where I was gonna have pizza, and I stopped. And I was like, "Oh," because I was annoyed at this guy for you know whatever he, whatever he was doing, not showing. And I was worried because you don't, you know, I didn't know. I wanted you to be all right. I'm all right. Yeah, that's a funny thing. And, you know, like... No, just... I know. Hold on. I oh, sorry. Please. That's okay. Sorry. So, no, it was great. It was... I was so proud of you because it was so great to... to. I didn't know if your, you know, I'm fine response was like, I'm not really fine. I'm I'm fuming. Or what? You know, and any, any, of, any response would have been fine and normal. But when I called you, you were truly... You were good. It was so, it was so great. I was in my underwear on my couch reading with a delicious cup of tea, listening to good music, you know, and, yeah. and reflecting on honestly how proud I am of myself. And the, I have, I do want to talk a little bit about, so I had this boy and, and, you know, I dated this guy in December and it, it kind of came out of nowhere and it was, it was good. It was just really good. And you went that, to Christmas Street Lane? Twice. 
And it, it was just one of those, you know, it was one of those times where, for me, the stuff feels so forced. All of it feels so forced. And this just didn't feel forced. From the second that I started talking to him, it felt like it was just very comfortable. And um, there was, you know, there's a lot of, there was just a lot of good stuff there. And, and he fell out really quickly in a really confusing way. And, um, you know, I think, like, I went through a lot with that because it, because, so much was right and because his behavior was confusing and because a lot of things that I'll write about, I'm going to, I'm going to write about all this stuff. I'm finally ready to actually write about guy stuff again. And, um, the funny thing is I, I searched like I always do when I'm in deep pain cause it brought out all my stuff in a, in a big way. Mm-hmm. And, and this time, like, again, I didn't react. I, you know, normally I'll write you a 20 page email to tell you what a fuckhead you are and how much our hearts, you know, melded and, and how like our, our souls are connected or, you know, like I'll tell you, like I I will, I will write you a novel about my feelings. (laughs) If you are a man that has wronged me (laughs) and I didn't, I sent him like two text messages, three or four, maybe like that were, you know, like (laughs) Oh, no, but I mean, like, I, you know, I as know, we I'm were, laughing. as we were moving away, as we, as it was kind of breaking off, like, or whatever it was doing, because it was so short lived. No, awesome. It was just like, hey, I'm feeling this. Hey, I'm feeling this. And then we saw each other one more time. And then he, you know, and then it was kind of like, bye or guess, whatever. And I think, I think he lied to me about where he was. And I, the whole thing was just weird. And I kind of, you know, I processed it without ta- without bringing him into it meaning i didn't make him share in my fucking pain and misery and agony because i realized it was my stuff not his stuff and so i went through this whole thing with this guy that was really hard i mean it was like it was like writing it and I lost weight and I, you know, and I did what I always do, which is I turned to more meditation. I turned to more inflection. I turned to more whatever. And one night I was reading, um, I was, I picked up where I was in Course in Miracles, page 300 and something, you know, after three years, I've gotten through 300 pages and I got to, I turned to this page and it just talked about, about, about like handing this stuff over. And then once you do, being cool with whatever the outcome was. And from the moment I started dating this guy, because I knew he was trouble, and you knew he was trouble. Like, we knew. You know what I mean? It was just, like, good. Like, it was just, it was, like, heading right down the road of, like, fuck. And um, I put his name in my God box, meaning I just dropped it in and I surrendered it over. And Because I, I literally knew it was going to blow my circuits. And, um, I dropped his name in the God box and then as things started to kind of get, you know, like go the, down the, the road, I didn't want it to go down. I put his name in there a bunch more. And essentially what I was just saying is I don't know what the best outcome is here. So just you take it. I'll, I'll just keep on doing what I can do. And it, you know, and then it didn't work. And this passage I read was so funny because it was basically like, you handed this over now that you have, are you questioning it? Like when you, this is where you bring your faith to something. This is where you bring your faith to something that there is always an outcome. And this is not the moment for you to tear apart, you know, to go back over the relationship and tear apart this other person to make yourself feel better. This is the part where you essentially send this person all the wellness and all the love and all the things you wish them. Well, this is where you find the the place in you to wish them well 
And, and then, and you know, and it also was just like, don't go out. I was, I'm sitting there on Tinder trying to make it go away by finding the next guy. And it was like, don't go out because any relationship you create is going to be created to make the same mistake. Learn from this. And so I read this passage and I read it like for the same couple of pages, three times over a period of a couple of hours. And I just released, it was so releasing. I was so like, just like, I get it, you know, like I get it. I'm not, I don't know what's best here. I don't, I don't, I am not the master of the world, you know, and I'm also not the master of this guy. And for whatever reasons, I may not ever know. I'm going to try and find a lot of comfort in the bewilderment and just, you know, and so I did, I envisioned this guy. I, I envisioned him like being happy and sending him love and, and not talking shit on him or questioning or trying to dig into why and to try and find, you know, like I just remained really confident and that I don't know and that I don't have to know. And, um, okay. and it's been really peaceful. And I like, I, you know, I did the Marion Williamson thing, which is like, I forgive you and I release you to the Holy Spirit. And so I did that with this guy. I release you, Peter, or I forgive you, Peter, I release you to the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. Um, just meaning like, just move on, Hall, move on, Hall, move on. And, um, and it worked and it helped. And I, it always works. It's the hardest thing to do. But yeah. it always works. I, it does. I mean, this, the, it, it's, oh, it's everything, really. I mean, not even in just relationships, but especially in relationships. Yeah, know? especially. Well, because, I mean, man-woman relationships, I think, are, um, I think are, are, you know, except for, say, maybe a few lucky, they're, they're I think, one of the most difficult things to manage. Well, the special relationship, the special right? Relationship. The, the relationship we deem as special, the romantic yeah. relationship, yeah. the one that we put that that can yeah, that, that Marianne Williamson writes about as the special relationship and a return to love and how we it, it's where we all our neuroses come out. Yeah. And and this time when they came out, this is the best part. I really was I was like really sweet to those neuroses, you know, I was really sweet to them and, and I didn't identify with them. I wasn't the crazy bitch going through his Instagram feed. I was just like the part of me. Don't you feel like it's like the, you, because you've been the crazy bitch, like 100,000 times, 100,000 and one times, I mean, do it anymore. I'm not, because if I just keep repeating the same thing, I'm going to keep doing, I'm going to keep calling the same fuckhead in and I'm going to keep on making the same mistake, you know? And so this one was hard. This one was like, this was hard. This is like not hard in the way that like my romantic self got carried. It was hard in the way that it just hurt all the spots that are really tender and, um, and, and pushed all the buttons. And, um, and because again, I just liked, I mean, I, I liked him. I liked being around him. I liked, I liked him. And, um, and it, it went much differently than I, figured it would so yeah so I mean you know so relationships I'm gonna write about it this week I'm gonna write about all of the stuff this week because I finally feel at a place but like here's what I felt last night was like not like an adult in this adult sense I felt so so amazing and so just solid well, free, and like right? I had free from it it's like another it's like no, an, that's not it it was a matter of I felt so much self-respect yeah, that was it yeah. it was just it was like I respected myself and I am like, and the thing was that I got at the end was I am so worthy of a good relationship. It was not the, I am what it like, what's wrong with me. That didn't even enter. What came to me was I am so worthy of a good relationship. 
I'm so worthy of a good relationship. And I thought back to, um, what did I flip back to? I flipped back to some really pathetic things that I've done, um, needing to have a relationship to validate my self-worth. And yeah. I just like saw her and I saw me and I just, there, there's not even, you know, this, this me now is just, um, she's okay. She's cool. She's cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's so, it's so great to witness. And it's because you do the work. You've oh. done, you do the work. You're not, you know, it's, it, you really, you really do the work. I, this oh. is, I will not, I would, I would not like, I, oh God, like thinking about having to, to go over and, and start again, like on this part of it, it, it just exhausts me. This has been the hardest thing for me. I, know. Um, I would never do it again. I would never do it again. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. I have done more work than on this area in my life than in any other area. And, um, and well, then it never ends, you know, it, it never, never ends. It never ends. But I mean, the lessons get deeper and, and broader and, you know, but it, it really does, um, doing the work on yourself and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and allowing yourself to, um, to, to stay with yourself and allowing yourself to yeah. fuck up and do, do things that are, you know, crazy or whatever we define them as and, and just continuing to like, re go back to it. It's just paid off so much. I want to stop talking about it now. Um, <laughs> God. I love it. It's it's so good. It's so juicy and good and Oh, it's so good. It is. Yeah, it is. I love it. Um okay. <clears throat> now you got to talk about your love life. And you have to talk about your love life. Oh, I do. Yeah, for fuck's sake. Don't do this whole like, you know, like this is the thing. Can I say this? I'll edit this out. But I feel like you protect your guy. Like you like I feel like you don't you're not as vocal about what's going on with it because he listens. And um yeah, he doesn't really listen anymore. Uh he'll listen he to this one for sure. Somehow. Maybe. Just, well, I always know that there's a possibility he will. Yeah. Um and I also this is we can keep all this in i i also protect it or i don't because i just don't know really what is happening my my therapist oh and i i swear i wouldn't be a person who said my, my therapist, therapist. Said, <laughs> but she put it really well that i'm allowed to have a private relationship yes uh, i get that I when do. i need to uh, and, and it's not because I don't want to share with you or I don't want to whatever, but it, it's because I'm, I, that's where I am right now, but I still will talk about it. I just, I, I still, I'll, I'll talk about it as much as I can. Okay. Okay. So where am I? I am... I am against. Can I just? And I also want to say, I didn't mean to come off by saying you. We have to share everything because there are clearly parts of my life that I don't share. There are many, many parts of my life yeah, that are sacred, I, and I agree. Like there are parts of our lives that get to be sacred. I just, I think for this perspective, it's always that area like you pass on. I know, it, and it's I just do. like it gets, you know. So um, I know, I do, and I, and part of it is that I, I don't know. Part of it with this relationship is that. I've been I feel a little ashamed of like what the pattern has been so I don't want to talk about it um and that's my stuff you know that's that's my stuff 
and and part of it is that we don't bring it up all the time but but I'm willing to talk about it a little bit and you're totally right I mean it is the part that I pass on well you don't um, even tell me I mean let's be honest you don't even like we we tell each other you know what our I'm, <laughs> everything too much. <laughs> too much too much but I did tell you I did call you in a, in confession like what was it last week or the week before and I was like I just have to tell you that I've been seeing him because I cannot tell you but my therapist says that I don't have to worry about what you think yeah it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter <laughs> but this well is you the- and I te- I mean you and I are really hard on each other when it comes mm. to love lives and this is both ways you are really mean sometimes when like when it comes to giving me passes on being a fucking chick you know like you do I not know. tolerate me um when I am when I am in that needy place, you can't stand it. You can't stand it when I'm I being know. a pussy. And I know it's because you can't stand it in yourself. But there are times where I just like I won't tell you like if I've done something, you know, again and again and again because I know what you're gonna say, you know. Oh. And no, there's know. not there's sometimes not a lot of sympathy between us. And I and it's true. Like I'm a judgmental bitch about you dating this guy. Like I, I don't like this guy. So and of course, I don't <laughs> want to fucking tell you. you know? I know. But no, you're so right. We are very hard on each other in this area, and that's okay. You know, it, it, I that's okay. It's fine. It's, it's I don't fine. take it personally, and, and I know. I know. Like that's exactly why why I'm saying it because I don't take it personally. Like when you tell me that stuff, I know what I'm gonna hear, and sometimes I need to hear that, and sometimes I don't, and I'll tell you, shut the fuck up. Like. I don't need to hear this right now. Um, but at the same time, I do worry about what you think too. I'm like, oh, she's going to think I'm being a fucking freak again. Or, she, oh, I did it again. Or, you know, and it's just like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter, you know? Exactly. And that's like, when it comes to guy stuff, like we can't pull one out, like, and just say, oh, it's really him this time. Really? <laughs> this time it's different. Oh, but he said this word instead of that word. Really? Oh, you right. know? So we can't no, really pull one over. That, you know, that's fine. You don't have to come to me for that stuff. Like we, uh, you know, we, I know who to go to when I want the soft, squishy land in place when <laughs> it comes too. to men and you're not it. And that's, I know that's fine. And, and you're not it either. <laughs> Danielle, the other night I went over to her house and she was just like, men are so fucking dumb. I hate men. Oh my God. You know, just like telling her about like Peter or whatever. And she was just like, she's so awesome. I fucking yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. she's the one that says the right things when it like and makes me feel like I've never done anything wrong and like you know even my craziest crazy she'll tell me a crazier story anyway but right. um but right. you're good for setting me straight you're very good for setting me straight and keeping me accountable to my own integrity you are really good at keeping me accountable to my own integrity and making sure that what I'm doing I'm not fucking lying to myself and I appreciate that yeah, well, we, you know, my therapist, again. Oh, God, how that, much do you talk about me in that's therapy? That's the last time I'll say it. But, Ugh. hey, I haven't been in therapy for a long time, <laughs> and it is awesome. But she said to me about, you know, t- straight to that end, what you were just saying. Um, she, she, because it's very hard for me to be honest. It's, I have gotten a lot better about it, but I still protect you know, I still have to really work at it. I have to really try to be 100% honest and not try to people please, right? Yeah. So even when I go to therapy, it is work for me. It is 
really hard work. And what I, what I said to her when I came in and I, and I had to, you know, I felt like I was confessing to her about my relationship because the session before we had broken up and we had been broken up for a while. And it was, you know, it was all the reasons why this is so not right for me. And then the next time I see her, we had seen each other and it was nice and it was great. And I wanted to, and I, I, I felt like I was confessing and I told her that I just said, I feel like I don't want to be here right now because I don't want to tell you this. And I know what you're going to say. She's in recovery too. You know, I, I feel like I'm going to get reprimanded. And she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's so, it's so brave of you to say that first of all, but I'm not here to reprimand you, but I am here to keep you honest and straight. And, and she said, it's not, you know, you're allowed to veer and question and get confused. And I can watch you go through that process, but I'm here to remind you who you are, you know? And I loved that because it's like, it's the exact type of therapist that I need is like the, the tough love kind, you know, that is not just going to listen and nod, but to give me input. And her input after all of that was, we we're exploring this together. Like you're allowed to have this relationship. You're allowed to see it through to whatever it's going to be. You're allowed to do this. And, you know, and, and your number one job is just to stay sober. And if, you know, if that's not getting compromised, it's all good. You know, this is all part of it. And, and I guess, that's a long-winded way of saying, you know, you, you are much the same, you know, you don't allow me to get lost or to get like, to believe my bullshit when it comes to men. Um, but I think we're both, we can both be extra hard on each other. Feels extra harsh sometimes. Yeah. Ditto. Um, so all that to say, this is what's happening. So we are seeing each other again. It's been... And to be clear, this is the guy that we talked about in the dating episode, and and this is the right. yeah, this right. is on the... again, off again, on again, off again, um, guy that I started seeing really when I was, and I've talked about it a few times, um, when I was not even sober yet, and just starting to get sober, and we became friends and he was one of the first he was the first guy especially in sobriety that was like hey you're you don't need that you know you're loved who I who I was and who I could be sober kind of saw me in that vision before I could see it myself and um you know we, we have uh, a lot of similarities and connections with things that we like like books and he's very smart and we connect on that level and and many other levels too and so uh, but all the while you know we've had a lot of drama too a lot of drama and so for that reason I feel ashamed about it because one side of me is saying oh yeah we have this great connection and you know that that's meaningful and the other side is saying oh this is just one of those patterns that you watch from the outside and just like shake your head you know face palm like oh no not do it now don't do it again and and all of that is true you know all both of those things are true and i had to give myself permission to to let it be whatever it is you know i have changed 
so much in the past year. So much that, you know, you know, you just like you have. I, I am a different person in, in this relationship, um, in every relationship. And he's also changed a lot. And I don't know, we're, we're not, it has been a few weeks that we've been back to seeing each other and it's not, um, you know, it's not like all consuming like it used to be. It's, I'm still living my life and writing and he's supportive of all that, of all that. And I feel like it's been uh, one of those relationships that is like, uh, we have helped each other grow in a lot of ways, but it is so strange to me because it's a private relationship. Like it is very much me and him, you know, where we don't, we don't hang out like we're not connected to the other aspects of each other's lives yeah like you're and that, you don't hang out with each other's friends no. or yeah and that is so strange to me and weird like i i don't i've never been in you know my 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 marriage was the exact opposite it was big big circles of people that were all connected you know and our our circles held us up well, um why do you think that is um, I think part of it is circumstance. Like I met him when I was getting sober and all of my, my whole world was changed. Right. And I have these like very discreet groups of people that, you know, I have like my sober friends. I have my AA friends. I have my old friends from my old life that I don't hang out with. And I wouldn't hang out with him and them because I don't like, that's just weird. You know, what would we do? <laughs> we don't. You know, and so it's a, it's a lot of it was because I was, I've been having my own private relationship with myself, like rebuilding a life. And so he entered into that. And some of it, I don't know. I think it's like, we were just also very into being, when we're together, just into being with each other and like really learning who each other are. And I enjoy not um getting all the feedback from everybody else but it wasn't like a it has never been like a conscious decision you know like i'm gonna be with you and keep everybody else out it's just sort of the way it happened right um and slowly like he's been integrated into more aspects of my life like i say he's not connected but he's met my mom he's met my dad he's met alma he has met several of my friends now but that's over the course of the year of a year you know and um, I'm kind of glad for for that aspect of it because our relationship, whatever it is, is about me and him first, you know, not, oh, my family loves him and all my friends love him and, you know, why we have this big, this bigger existence together, but we don't know how to spend time with each other, which was very much what my marriage was. And that was, that was heartbreaking. You know, I loved, I loved the life that I had with my husband. I loved our social circles. I loved our family. I loved the sort of bigger ecosystem of our life, you know, but I wasn't connected yeah. to him when it got to be just me and him in a room. I was devastated. Right. Um, Inter that's so, so interesting. I never really thought about it that way. I don't think I've ever heard it. You put it that way. 
but that is, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, especially it makes sense because whoever, you know, if I had been successfully, not successfully, but I guess if I had been in a relationship through this period, it would have had to have been a very intimate one. Otherwise it would have exploited things that, that not exploited. It would have exposed me to things that I don't want to be exposed to. And that would have, yeah. I think, stalled my ability. You know, if I had been in a, it just it wouldn't have allowed for all this very, very like sacred time in this Internal intimate work. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I've never, I'm just figuring this out, you know, how to articulate that and how, and what it is or what it's not, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what the path is forward. I don't pretend to know. I don't really even want to know. Um, and I guess that's been a big change, you know, is just similar to what you said. It's truly like a, a giving it up kind of every day. Um, and I like, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with that being what it is today. Uh, and not knowing, I truly don't know. I, I think one of the more important things and interesting things here is that you're not dramatic. I mean, you're not like not in the way you carry yourself and the way you operate. And so I think when you said that you guys have had a very dramatic relationship, I just think that's so interesting because you're not dramatic. You're just, (laughs) I know we are funny that way. We're very different. No, I'm not dramatic. And he will sometimes say like the drama or, or, you know, and I just look at him and, and it's like, you have no idea how, how <laughs> undramatic I am. Truly. You're so not. Like, uh, you don't know, it, but this is, you know, it, he hasn't been in a really significant relationship in the past, you know, as an adult, like uh, truly as an adult. And I feel like I say that without, I sound kind of like patronizing or something. No, you don't. But, but he hasn't. He's younger. He's younger than me. He has never been married. He doesn't have kids. You know, we, there's some big, big life experiences that I've had that he hasn't. And so, you know, to him, the, the drama is, or the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and, and my emotionalism and just me being a woman, he is like, thinks it's so big and I'm sitting there going, you have no idea. Like you really just don't know. It's like, it's like when my, my, when Ryan, my ex-husband used to say, you have so many clothes. And I would look at him and just like, we're going to go to our friend's houses right now and take a tour of their closets. And you're going to understand how little I have, like how much I'm not like that. I have like five pairs of shoes, you know, but he grew up with all boys. Like it's all relative. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) So yeah, that's my, I feel like a big weight lifted. Is that funny to, to like talk about it? No, I think it's Um, great to you because we haven't really talked about it and it's, um, it's hard to, both of us get our, like you get your backup when I bring it up, just like I would get my backup if you brought up Justin or something like, Oh no. And uh, to talk through that is, is a relief. Yeah. 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 We're growing. Yeah, we really are. It's crazy. It is. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's not, it feels forever. It feels long, but I'm not, I mean, the best part I can say is I, um, 
You know what I what just was striking me the most? This is what like the thoughts as I was I walked I went to the grocery store yesterday after this whole thing and and I just loved it. I was listening to Pema and then I put on a really good music mix and I walked home from the store. This was last night. Yeah. This was last night and it was raining and it was so beautiful and all I was just thinking about was that moment after Luca like ran and or you know came to Rome and and all that happened and I was I was at Italy and the power went out and um, I just, you know, had not my heart broken, but I just been, you know, definitely like been, you know, hurt. And I walked out, I was at this grocery store and um, the power went out and it was weird. And then I walked outside and then it was the middle of summer, but it started to rain and I was wearing a white dress and um, and I just, you know, I, I had this walk home and when I should have been upset, I was not, I was yeah. so hopeful and so like filled with this idea that I was growing. Cause I had acted with Luca in a much more mature way than I would ever have acted with a guy in the same situation. And I'll get into that in a blog post, but like I just yeah. had done, I had really acted so I, I had taken it so well and I just had this moment of like looking up at the sky and just being like smug like I know that there's something really big and beautiful um on the way and um and that's how I felt last night was just like I get it like I get that our life clears out and that we 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 earn our stripes and then and anything can happen at any moment. And that's how I felt last night when I walked home. I felt like anything can happen at any yeah. second. And we never know. And life is just really beautiful. That was, you know, I think it's just. It's great when you can put it in that, when you can, because that perspective can go both ways, right? That can leave you feeling really scared and empty sometimes. And, and sometimes it hits you as the most beautiful, opportunistic, magical thing you it was know magical when it, yeah. when it hits you like that it's it's good stuff yeah and it was really funny because like last night the gabby bernstein thing her i do her mantras every day she has a, an app and it was um i have faith in uncertainty mm. <laughs> it was just yeah anyway all right so then moving on we're like over we're at like an hour and five minutes now um so let's move on and let's do a quick check-in on work Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Your work is, is amazing. Is yeah. Yeah, no, my work like is amazing. I feel like I'm part of your work, though. Like, I get to, like, glean a little bit of the excitement and joy from your work. I do. Whether, you know, not, not because I'm doing it, but because I'm so close to, to it with you. And I get to watch you. And it's like... I it's like the, taking uh, your best friend to work. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's... it's um. I get to get some of the shine off of it. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> it's really funny because a couple months ago, I was doing all these one-on-one -on -one clients, sobriety coaching, and I said to you, I can't keep doing this. And because it's just, it's so much. It is too. There's not a big, there's not, there's no moment in my life where I don't feel like I'm letting someone down in that space right. and where I don't feel like I um, am not, I have to be on my toes, ready to give at any moment. And at this point, I was getting text messages because my clients were all over the world, literally. Um, I was getting text messages, not notifications, anywhere from, you know, four in the morning through, I mean, 24 hours a day. 
Right. Well, and you have no control over your over the energy that you're putting out. Right? Uh-uh. No. Or, and it was or just, even that what's coming in. Yeah, or even what's coming in and 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 my my um and it was just very hard and I said to you, I can't do this anymore and you said, I think I I know by next year you won't be doing this anymore. And it felt like so far off and, and now I'm not doing it. I mean, I have, I have a few clients and, and I love these clients and, um, they're tapering down and, um, and I will be completely out of one-on-one clienting and client, uh, one-on-one coaching in a month. And, um, and it's, and I'm doing hip sobriety school, which is just this much different thing, which I love to do because, I get to teach rather than coaching. I'm good at, you know, like I am, I mean, I'm very good at people. I can read people, I, you know, and I can, I can get into it and I can match the needs and, um, but I am also like driven and passionate by, um, by seeing, by being able to bring the concepts that I've, I've figured out together and then deliver them in a way that makes sense to people and change something that just sucks and get people excited about sobriety. And so, uh, it's, it's crazy, but it's just, and it doesn't even like anything else. It doesn't sink. It doesn't quite sink in. It just doesn't quite sink in. Um, but, but it's amazing and it's progressive and it's what I, it's like getting me closer and closer and closer to, um, you know, this grand vision that I started out with without even sometimes noticing it. And so it's work is good. I mean, it's good. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I'm going, you know, and it's a lot of sacrifice. I mean, I don't really take a day off. I took Friday off, kind of, but I don't really ever take a day off. And um, I'm okay with that for right now because I'm so, like, because I love what I'm doing. And that's that's important. And so, yeah, my work is going just phenomenal. And I am, um, yesterday I did this leadership course with Seth Godin. And oh, right. How was that? Well, I checked out of it early. My group wasn't really engaged in it. And I was just like, I didn't have the energy to, you know, um, but it was, but here was the funny thing. Um, as I was going through it, there was this one question of what, what if it doesn't work? And I was like, Pshaw. you know, I'm past that point of like, what yeah. if it doesn't work? And it doesn't, right. and that doesn't mean that I won't fail. It doesn't mean that I won't like fuck up a million ways to Sunday or that. No, you know, you're going to, I know up. I'm going to fuck up. Right. <clears throat> I do all the time. But the matter of it, the, the whole thing was, I'm not afraid. Like, I just don't think anymore. Like, oh, my God, what if this doesn't work? Oh, my God. It doesn't mean anything. You, It's, like, inevitable. Like, you're going to fuck up, whatever. It's part of it. And you've already fucked up a lot. And you have, in spite of all of that, I've built this and continued to build beautiful Okay, let's right? let's tone down the fucking up a lot. No, but, like, no, I'm but, kidding. I'm kidding. No, but, like. I think that what I was, what I'm saying though, is that I've turned the corner on, on being, feeling like I was like, I guess I'll say I, I'm pushing the boulder up a very big hill, but every, there's little valleys. And on mm. some points it just like, I, you know, like, like kind of like the little Yoda Leahy who thing on Price is Right when he's climbing up the, I don't know, he like, there's just these moments, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, dude. yeah, I know. Um, but there's these moments where it just like gets into a groove and I feel like I've passed this point of like feasibility of, of proving like, you know, there's this that concept of technological, I think it's, God, it's been so long since I've been in the cabin, but technological feasibility, like proving that your shit works. And yeah. I've like passed this point of thinking, like of feeling like, um, is this going to work? 
Right. I, I'm just more, I'm much more secure in what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know it's going to work. I know it can work. And here's the, the other part of this is one of the things that I know more than anything is that I will fucking fight until I'm dead to make it work. Um, and that I have forever to do this on, and it just like gives me this, I guess, idea, not this idea. It gives me this very beautiful feeling of, of confidence and of faith and of knowing it's not just a matter of I'm going to fight until it works. It's more now of I'm going to keep on fighting until it grows into what I want it to grow into. And so... And that is not where you were six months ago or a year ago. It's And it's only because you work your ass off. You work your ass off that you have gained just by doing the work, right? <laughs> doing the work. I'm sure. Did you check your Skype? <laughs> That's going to be our cover picture for this Thank episode. you. <laughs> little yoda lady who. Guys, it's not a yoda lady who. It's a... It's a <laughs> Oh my god, can you hear the music? I can hear the music in my mind. Yeah, I can. That's, that's brilliant. I'm going to actually intro it with Yoda Lee Hee Sorry, Radiation no. City, you're getting booted. Anyway, so yeah, so it's just like I'm coming from a place now where I'm just like, I, I have... I have a fair degree of confidence in myself. Um, and I've always had that, but it's always been... Like, fingers crossed, though. And now it's not fingers crossed. Now it's just, like, get to work. Get to work. You know what you're doing. You know? Stop questioning it. Just get to work. Do it. I love it. It's You inspire me with that, like, daily, truly. Well, you know because of how much. Because you've also been on the other end of I can't do this. I'm not supposed to do this. Wrong girl. Wrong girl. You know? Like, forever. And it's not to say I'm not going to hit that again. I'm certain I'm going to hit that again. But I've, I've passed some, like, threshold of, like, actually where it doesn't feel like I'm, you know, just like, uh, it, where it feels real. That's all. Yeah. It feels real. Yeah. No. And Liz, it reminds me of what Liz Gilbert says about when she starts a project now, like a, her next book or whatever that she, she just says, okay, you know, Hey, fear, Hey, doubt, Hey, worry. Like, I know you're coming along. So get in the car. Yeah. Just together. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome to sit in the back. You're not allowed to control the music. Um, but I know you're going to be here, so why don't you just get in the car? Uh-huh. Sorry. Okay, and so um, why don't you talk a little bit about your work? I'd love to hear you talk about not your job job, but your book proposal and kind of what you decided to do with that. Okay. Because I think it's important because I think you made a very, very wise decision and a hard decision. Yeah. And, um, and you owned it, and you're happy by it. And so... Yeah. I think a lot of people, especially like people that listen to this, are like in that place where we feel like our outward accomplishments and how fast we go and miss it. You know, like there's all this stuff that comes up around big, big, big endeavors and yeah. owning oh. when we actually do what's right for us and honoring the process rather than forcing the process. I think is such an important thing. So, yeah, now that no, I've spoken for you, no, that's great. I I had a book proposal there was a deadline that I've known about since I did this Hay House comp- uh, workshop last year and it was their annual like nonfiction book proposal um, submission contest where they they do it once a year uh, I think they're doing it twice a year now actually 
but it, it was January 15th. It was this past Friday and I knew it was coming and I had talked about it for six months at least. And I've been working, you know, alongside this podcast and my blog and, uh, and everything else. I've been working on this book, this, the book, you know, the book. And I worked myself up into a complete lather over the past week about this as the the time was nearing and, and getting close, um, you know, that, that I have this book proposal due this Friday. And I, you know, I have done a lot of work on it, um, but I haven't, I haven't done enough. And I realized at some point in the middle of the week that I wasn't ready. Like this was not the time. This was not the time I don't know, you know, I just, I, I wasn't ready. That's really what it comes down to. And, and it is not ready. My, my proposal is not ready to be sent to somebody yet. Um, and that there, yes, I might be missing an opportunity, but I, I had this moment where I realized that I'm not, I'm not, you know, like this is an artificial deadline I've put on myself. Um, and you know how it feels when, you know, the difference between resistance and uh, and it not being right? Yeah, I talked about it this week. Resistance, you did? I sent an email about it this week to Hips of Writing School. Oh, Do you not right. read I your... Stronger... Shut up. Do you not read your daily email? I do. I, I definitely re didn't read through all of that one, though. But I know the message. I am stronger than my resistance. Well, no, the message is knowing the difference between the two, right? Knowing yeah. when we're being oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stopped in, tra in our tracks by our fear and knowing when we're actually not supposed to do something and, and like, and pushing through the one where it's just fear holding us back, but also listening to the one where it's our bodies telling us no. Yeah. I mean, I completely, I, I have anxiety pretty badly in, in spells and this week it totally maxed out. I mean, I was, um, it was all this, you know, everything. My body was shutting down around Tuesday and despite the fact that I, all, all of this, everything was pointing towards this isn't the right time. And after a good amount of soul searching, meditating and yogaing and not sleeping and sleeping and all that, I just said, it's not the right time. And once I did that, it was, it was a big relief. And uh, I felt like I could actually write again, which is totally ironic. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I decided. I didn't, I'm not submitting for this contest this time. And well, there is this, like, there's a couple like when, like that whole thing that you just said about it being forced, like there's this whole experiment where people were like put in, I think there were like two groups and one was just like, do whatever you fucking want. And the other group was do this and do it with these parameters and do it this way and make sure it looks like this way. And we're going to be judging you on your artistic expression. And in the group where they were just having fun, the work, the, I don't know where I read this, I read this somewhere very recently, and the work output from the group that was just having fun, their work was by far superior to the group that was told to have artistic expression. And there is something about this forcing nature of having to like do something and do it a specific way that doesn't allow for the actual creative process to happen. It blocks the creative process. Totally. Oh my God, I lost it all. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even put down another word I couldn't do anything I was completely blocked and not like in a cute writer's block sort of way I was shut down yeah yeah 
and it's also, you know, I, I'm in a, I'm luckily or, uh, in a position, all oh, it doesn't feel lucky, where I don't, this doesn't support me. You know, I don't need to, I'm not submitting a proposal so that I can get a paycheck so that I can support myself and my daughter. You know, I have a job and this is supposed to be, this is something that I love to do. And it was, I was not loving anything about it. It was, it had turned into this monster. So I feel really, really good about it now. It took me a couple of days to kind of come down from that, but I feel good about it. I'm charging forward. I got a, a whole new, you know, vision of what I want my book to be. I have it, you know, I've started and uh, in the past few days, I've been able to write and been able to move through things that I was totally stopped on. And yeah, but it was a big deal. It caused me a shitload of panic, anxiety, panic, panic, sheer panic, total panic. Um, like my jaw is like getting all tense, just rehashing it. Yeah. And I think like one of the other things too, is like, Laura, are you going to write a book? Yeah, I know. I mean, are you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's not a question. It's just like you've set the intention and you know you're going to do it. And you know you have to do it. And amount and when, you know, is is basically, you know, kind of irrelevant. It's already happened. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, so that's that was It's that week. same fierce belief, right? Like that belief that you're going to do it. That's that that's all that matters to be honest. And that's I know, for sure. I know. No, no, I'm not telling you to, like, you know, something you don't know, which you just said I know for, like, a 20 millionth time today, and she that swore sucks. you weren't going to do in your you newsletter. You say it all the time, too. I know, but I didn't proclaim in the newsletter today that I was going to stop. I said I was going to say it less, okay? Mm-hmm. Not, not never. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know. My friend Tarek, I know, right? My friend Tarek says that instead of saying, okay, I say I know all the time, and... Trace oh, that's a good substitute. Fucking nuts. Okay. He's like, why can't you just say okay? Why, why do you always have to say I know? Because <laughs> I do. Because I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, all right. So, so how's your sobriety? That's great. Like, you know what's interesting is that I was – the thing that I was really relishing on and, and – relishing on? No. The thing I was really uh, – <laughs> relishing in by the way I know that thank you that's why I stopped myself I that's why I fucking stopped myself okay god (laughs) isn't that annoying when someone does that it is (laughs) I do know that um that's why I didn't say relishing on um I was when I was going through this thing yesterday I was thinking about how again like the amount of um this feeling of being unshakable and being unfuck with the bull unfuck with the bull ash amberger unfuck with the bull but but this feeling of something that was grand and how all of the steps leading me here started with that step and so I don't think of it like we know this I mean I celebrated a thousand days I think last week and I only knew that because I put that on my calendar I know my I know when my three year mark is. I know on January nineteenth is two years um, since I stopped doing drugs or pot. You know, and um, the drug I was abusing the most. Oh, that's like um, in two days. Yeah, my birthday's in two days. Um, 
So I know these dates. I know this time, but I don't think about these because it's just not part of my life. It's my work. It's right. part, it's my work, but it's also not my my life. Isn't just. Um, I don't say I'm in long term recovery. I don't. Right. Uh, anyway, it's it's. It, I guess, oh my God, I'm, I don't even know how to say it right. Okay, starting again, my sobriety is going like great in the sense that it's the thing that's allowed me to grow up in all these other areas. And I'm certain I'm going to find, this is what's so cool about all this. Like the thing that struck me yesterday that I keep on trying to say, but I'm not saying because I feel like it's, I don't know why I'm not saying it, but I really had this feeling of, I'm, he's, he, when he comes in, whoever he is, I know I'm going to have a partner. I do. I know I'm going yeah. to have a great love. It's just, it's too, it, it, it's, it's too something. It's too obvious on some level for me. And there, but I'm also preparing for him. I wasn't ready for him, you know, in December, I wasn't ready for him last night. I, you know, all this stuff that's happening is this evolution and this preparation and not just for, to meet a partner, but also just to, to have all these things. And that's Oh what, my God. Did you know that Lena Dunham is on Dear Sugar this week talking about, about finding the one? Uh, no. Or in response to people like wondering if they're going to meet someone that they can meet that is a partner. Interesting. I'll have to Side. listen to that. But it's, but it's not just about the one, it's about all these evolutions in this life that like just contribute to a more solid foundation and being able to work from a center and being able to carry myself through continuously, you know, I mean, right now in, in this school that I'm running, this is a big deal. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have done this if I, if, if I, you know, hadn't continued to take these steps forward I, I, and all this stuff just grows and gets stronger and it's rooted in a foundation of making one keystone choice which was to to not drink and that is that you know I'm reading this book right now the power of habit and it's just it goes back to how all these changes unfold from these simple or not simple but these but these one these one these moments these things when we change this one thing and how it just flowers out and that's it. My sobriety is, it's not like I, my sobriety is great, but it's like more of my life is great. And my right. life is great because I made a choice and it continues to grow. Yeah. And I, and I know it's, it's kind of a funny question to ask, to ask, how's your sobriety? Like it's a plant or something, but, um, it kind of is like a plant, but, but it's a but tree. It's, that's what this is. You know, that is the, that is the reason that we are talking today. The reason that you and I are talking today, the reason that we have all this other stuff going on in our lives is because we decided to stop drinking, you know, or because we're sober. We wouldn't have even met, you know, that's, I found you through the sober hashtag on Instagram. I know. So it is the basis. I know. (laughs) I know. Sorry. It's yeah, it is the basis of everything. I'm sorry. I'm just really stuck on the whole, I know thing. Okay. I'll shut up. Um, that's my sobriety. How's your sobriety? It's good. It's similar. I wrote uh, about I wrote about it last night on the blog. A response to a letter, uh, and that's it was basically the same message, right? You read it right before we started. It was just um, that the that the, the one thing you know that everything has been built off of this this decision, like the 
this gift um, of being sober. Uh, you know, all the other things in my life were made possible because of that. And so it is good. I uh, am at a, you know, I did a formal for those people who know the 12 steps or, or uh, know anything about that. I did a formal third step yesterday, which was really cool. Um, and I'm working through the rest of the steps now. And so I feel like it's funny because I don't have, have like sobriety in the rest of my life. It's, um, I think it's sort of what you're saying. Like we, I think about it and talk about it every day because of the, the work that we both do. And, but I, I also have, you know, it is still a very individual path for me. And it, and it's so not about drinking now, today. Um, it's much more about everything else and the quality of everything else and my spirituality um, and how, you know, my word for this year, uh, for 2016 is build and I feel like that that's where I am with, with everything is I want to, you know, build the practices. Like I, I feel like I, um, roller skated and not in a good way, my way through my first year, like it felt, I felt strong at times, but I felt mostly like we're just going, you know, like this train is just going and we're going to, we're going to do it. And like it's leaving the station. Right. And this year I, I want to, like, I've been meditating every day. I've been using the tools. A lot of them that I've learned from you, I've been doing yoga every day. I've been having more of this self-discipline around building, you know, and writing every day and just doing the drill, doing the, the work. And it's not to say that I wasn't doing work before, but I, I certainly, it was all over the place. Um, so my sobriety is starting to feel a little bit more foundational like that. And, and that's good. That's, it feels, it feels right. Well said. It's an hour and a half now. Sorry, everybody. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm starving. No wonder. I'm exhausted. I, I'm making beef stew today. Hmm. Delicious. Did you? I'm not a slow cooker kind of person. I understand that it's for people like me, but at the same time, it still seems like so much work. Well, yeah. I mean, my, I did it because I, as someone who really, really enjoys food and grew up with a mother that is an amazing cook and a family that cooks, I basically have stopped cooking and it's the last thing I want to think about or do, but I have a, a little human who I want to teach to eat well. Yeah. And so I consulted with our friend Hillary and she said, just get a, sl get a slow cooker again. I had one, but I lost it in the marriage. That's one of the things he got. <laughs> I know. And so I got a little one and I'm going to make beef stew today. Lovely. I am going to, read and prepare my lesson for tomorrow and pack and yeah and have a lovely day so with that all right sayonara bye bye